Hey everyone, Alice here. I wanted to pop in before this week's episode of Pod Parts with some exciting news. We are extending the call for proposals for the World Urban Parks Congress 2023 until May 19th. This year's Congress is being held as a joint event with Parks and Leisure Australia and supported by Green Adelaide and will take place in Adelaide, Australia from October 22nd to 25th, 2023. We're inviting proposals for presentations, workshops, or panel discussions that relate to this year's conference theme, sustainable places, spaces, people, and habitats, making cities active, cooler, greener, wilder, and inclusive. You can find more in the link down on the episode notes, so don't forget to submit your abstract by May 19th. See you in Adelaide! Welcome to Pod Parks. A podcast for the park-minded, brought to you by World Urban Parks. In this podcast, we'll embark on a journey through the world of parks, from intimate community parks to sprawling urban national parks and everything in between. Join us as we explore the beauty and diversity of these urban oases. Meet the individuals and organizations working tirelessly to preserve and improve them. Our guide will be Alice Landin, Research Development Advisor for World Urban Parks. So come along as we rediscover the green spaces that make our cities livable. Welcome back to Pod Parks. I am yet again so happy to be here. Today we're going to listen to an interview with Jane Miller, Chair of World Urban Parks. We got a chance to hear Jane introduce World Urban Parks a couple of episodes back in our third episode called The Rise of Parks. If you haven't listened to that yet, I would recommend that you add it to the queue because it is fantastic. But Jane has been deriving the urban space agenda and working towards the creation of equitable green public spaces for decades, you know? She is a powerhouse in her own right, and I want us all to get to hear more about her work and, you know, pick her brain for half an hour. Now, this interview was conducted at the World Urban Parks Congress 2022 last November, and we were were live at this very crowded and very packed conference venue, and halfway through the interview, we experienced some technical difficulties, and my mic was sort of cut off. But the interview and her answers were just so enriching, and she had so many great insights of what was going on around us at the conference, that despite these issues, I just really wanted to share this original interview. So in a couple of seconds, you're going to hear her thoughts live in that moment. And I have re-recorded my part of the interview. So the questions from the moment my mic was cut off onwards from the safety of the studio so that you can hear those clearly as well. So having said all of that, here is Jane's interview. Welcome to Pod Parks, a podcast by World Urban Parks. I'm Alice Landon, and we are recording live from the World Urban Parks Conference 2022 in Monterrey, Mexico. With me today is Jane Miller, Chair of World Urban Parks from Michigan, United States. Jane, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. Alice, it's a thrill to be here, and the Congress is just incredible so far. Um, I'm even blown away and have been to many Congresses. Um, the work that the staff has done and AMPR has done is really incredible. It's 
It's, I, I'm blown away how great things are so far. It is, it really is. Jane, I am so honored to have the opportunity to speak to you and to share this space today. You have been such a prominent figure in the parks and recreation world. Uh, so to start us off, I would love to know more about you, more about your trajectory in the parks universe. Uh, well, thank you. It's, it's, you know, I'm really humbled by the people I work with every day. Um, and amazed at what people do. So, uh, you know, it's it's humbling to hear that uh, it's an honor to have me here. Um, but in terms of, you know, my trajectory, I grew up in upstate New York in the Adirondack Mountain, which is a six million acre uh, area of land in New York State that is protected in the state constitution as forever wild land. Um, it's on, the only state that has land like that protected. Yeah. Uh, to give people a perspective how large that is, it is the same size as Denali National Park in Alaska. Wow. So I think I really believe when I look back at what I do today and where I grew up and my experiences as a child, growing up in that kind of environment um, was really instrumental in in shaping who I am and the values that I have and I believe are a huge part of why I do what I do professionally. Um, you know, I've been in the field ugh, 40 years now and have came up through the recreation side. So running right. recreation programming, running facilities, you know, everything from ice arenas to swimming pools to historic farm sites to environmental education centers to community centers. You know, so the whole active engagement of people being engaged in recreation is really the foundation of my professional career. And I have been very fortunate to advance professionally into leadership positions um, and have had full responsibility for full park systems, everything from planning and management to sustainability efforts to maintenance activities to natural area preservation. Um, and, you know, so that it's been a very enriching experience and something that's been really important to me. Um, I would argue that probably of all of my professional positions prior to consulting, uh, most proud of is I spent 23 years in Ann Arbor, Michigan, leading the park system and then also being the deputy city administrator, which I got a much even broader experience around public sector uh, work. Um, and then was very fortunate to lead the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board for almost eight years, which uh, is known nationally and internationally as a really phenomenal park system. And during my tenure there, six of the seven and a half years I was there, we were rated the number one park system in the United States. Wow. Um, and that's also where I really started doing an incredible amount of equity work, building equitable investment system strategies for Minneapolis, um, also embedding equity in our administrative practices and policies. And that led me to going to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I was hired to lead efforts to uh, build an equitable investment strategy for the entire Pittsburgh park system, get a park tax levy passed. Um, and fortunately, we were successful there as well. And then it led me to consulting work where I'm really focusing in the United States and doing that work in cities across the United States. Uh, I'm just wrapping up a project in Louisville, Kentucky, about to start a project in Baltimore, Maryland, have done work uh, at Cuyahoga Valley National Park, um, and another, a number other projects. But uh, really my focus now is doing the work that I do with World Urban Parks as a volunteer, 
Also, um, I'm a volunteer in the United States uh, leading uh, what is called the CAPRA Commission, which is the accrediting agency for park and recreation agencies in the United States. And then, obviously, my consulting work and, and in particular, my work here with World Urban Parks. That is really important to me. That's great. And you have been such an inspiration for entire generations of park professionals. So thank you so much for not only doing the work that you do, but also sharing this knowledge and promoting the park profession as a whole. Oh, I thank you. I, I it's, uh, you know, I bleed parks and recreation and um, I uh, really believe we make an incredible difference in people's lives and in communities. And what we do is so vitally important. Um, and anyone who gets that aha experience yeah. when they're out in nature knows exactly what I'm talking about and how really important that is to who we are spiritually, emotionally, physically, socially, socially, yeah. connectivity, everything. It, it, there's nothing like it, is there? There really, really isn't. So as you mentioned, much of your work has been focused towards equity, diversity, inclusion. I want to talk a little bit more about that. To start us off, we know parks and public spaces are known to support health, awareness, social cohesion, among many other things. Um, but throughout history, park access has been greatly different among regions, among communities, among people, leaving the most vulnerable communities, the most vulnerable people with the least access to parks. So how can cities address this imbalance? And what has yeah. been some of the work that you have done to address this imbalance? Yeah, you know, I, I, I talk about this often that one of the sad things about our species as humans is that we like to categorize each other and have a hierarchy. And, uh, and my work internationally has really reinforced that, that no matter where you live in the world, there is this hierarchy we create yeah. in the societies. And, and as you said, the most vulnerable and most in need in every society that I've been in does this and then has least access to parks. Yeah. And even if they do have access to them, they're not well cared for, they don't have the tree canopy, they don't have kind of programming that hierarchical people in that culture have. And so, um, Particularly in the United States, we all know that we have a very sordid history around race, inequality, particularly around African Americans, but it, it transcends other ethnic groups and other religious groups as well. And um, as, our, as the United States is becoming more and more diverse, it is becoming more clear the disparities in cities. And so, you know, I really embedded this work in Minneapolis because Minneapolis in the 1960s was more white than the rest of the United States. Okay. It was almost 99% white. Wow. Whereas the rest <laughs> of the country was about 81% white. But today, Minneapolis is more diverse than the rest of the United States. So not only has Minneapolis become more diverse, but the speed at which that diversity has occurred is faster than the rest of the country. So the tensions and the challenges are really evident in Minneapolis. So. When I became superintendent, I really started doing that work to help educate our staff about cultural competencies, doing racial equity training, training our board, really coming to terms with that, also really starting to establish relationships in the community with individuals and groups who had been under historically underserved and not listened to. So that's a really important piece of this work, is building trusting relationships with people who don't trust you. Of because... 
you haven't done what you said you would do, right? And well, so I've never had a seat at the table, a, a window to the right. conference room, nothing. Or that my what who I am matters, yeah. right? So un rebuilding or not even rebuilding, building and creating relationships that have never been there and in fact that are below zero because we've treated them differently and so poorly. So building trusting relationships and us doing what we say we're going to do is critically, critically important and I would say is fundamental to this work. Then I... No, go ahead. I I would also say then the other piece then is taking the resources that we have that as a park professional that we are stewards of this land and these resources making sure that those resources are spent equitably money is power it is and if we don't take the resources we're given and invest them across the community equitably then we are not doing our job as professionals we are to serve everyone in our community and so Using that money to me and spending that money equitably is really where the tire meets the road, right? And what does it mean to spend money equitably? How, how would that be translated into a park system, into a community? So, you know, historically park systems make decisions about where to invest their money based on what professional staff say. Oh, well, this park needs this or this park needs this or this program. But it's a lot of it's anecdotal. So the work that I do is all based on data. So we collect data about every park, every asset in every park. We look at the historic investments that have been made. So it's all data-based. The other piece, which is really the other critical component of equity, is understanding the neighborhoods that surround every park and looking at things like the poverty rate, racially concentrated area of poverty, looking at the senior population, and the youth population, looking at health disparities, looking at historic inequities that have occurred in that community, temperature in that neighborhood, looking at flood risk, looking at mental health conditions, physical health conditions, to understand where in the city are is a neighborhood that has greater need than another neighborhood. And then the final piece of the puzzle is hearing from the public and making sure that you are, it's a statistically valid survey representative of the demographics of your city and hearing what the public wants. It's about um, asking the public, what do they think about all the maintenance care in the park system? What do they think about mowing, trash collection, graffiti removal? Literally asking them How important are those maintenance activities, for example? How important are all the different programming? How important are all the assets in those parks? And then how are we doing in terms of the service delivery in those to develop priority investments based on what the public says they want and how they want that money spent? And then building an equitable investment strategy that takes all of those three components into place and building it based on the data, what the public said, what the community conditions are, and what the park conditions are. So COVID has added an additional stressor to health systems and communities worldwide. What can the aftermath of COVID teach us about parks and public health? And how do we go forward? Yeah, so so COVID has been an incredible worldwide collective experience, right? 
And in addition to the stressors that it's had, it's also demonstrated the importance of parks. The park usage in parts of the world that left parks open during COVID, usage skyrocketed. It was the one place people go and be safe, connect with each other, do, do social distancing. Um, parks opened up roads so that there was more walkable space, um, those kinds of things. And it also, in the United States in particular, the disparities were even more glaringly obvious. And so for me, I hope the aftermath of COVID is the recognition of how vital and critical parks and recreation are to our life and how critical addressing inequities around parks and park access. Now, I want to talk about World Urban Parks. Could you tell us more about your work in the organization, as well as your priorities and WHOOP's priorities for the next couple of years? Yeah, so, you know, I've been very fortunate to be involved in the organization even prior to its creation. I've been on the board since uh, 2015 when we were created and have been fortunate to serve as the chair since late 2018. Um, And so much of my work was around, we're a young organization, we started in 2015, so setting us governance, doing the non-sexy administrative stuff, right? But then at the same time, also adding programs, creating congresses, events that become these collective spaces for people internationally to come together is really important. This is our first Congress post-COVID, So just to get together with people is really important. I would also say a major shift that we have made and a very intentional shift we've made as we not only have come out of the pandemic, but as we have put our administrative stuff in place, and that is to really structure the organization and focus our activities in emerging parts of the world and in in emerging cities and countries. We are intentionally here in Mexico to demonstrate our support for Mexico, Latin America, the emerging parts of the globe that don't have, to be very frank, the resources, the experience of running park systems that we have in the United States. And so um, we are intentionally making that shift. Our new CEO is an intentional hire of Luis Roman because of the amazing work he has done in Mexico and in Central America to advance parks and green spaces in this country and to activate this real advocacy and understanding of how valuable parks are. So those are some very intentional things we've done. I'm also very proud of two years ago working in partnership with the Salzburg Global Seminar, creating an emerging urban leaders cohort program. We're now in our second year. It's a 12-month cohort where uh, emerging urban leaders who have an innovative idea for advancing urban parks present their idea. They go through a screening process, and then we select people with the best innovative ideas to come together for a year to work together, uh, create networks with each other, get mentors from around the globe, and have the time to advance their idea. Um, So that's really exciting. And then the other um, really exciting effort that uh, I'm leading underway is we've created a park core task force. If you're familiar with the United States model of the Peace Corps, this would be very similar to that, but focused solely on parks, where we would have professionals around the globe bringing their expertise and assistance to cities and countries to help advance urban parks. 
um, in parts of the globe that need help. I mean, if you think about where the growth is going to happen in this globe, it is going to be in Mexico, Latin America, Africa, Southeast Asia. And the cities that are going to be in existence in 2050, 75% of the infrastructure that's needed does not even exist today. And so ensuring that parks, green space, and natural areas are integral to the creation of those cities is really important. What can we expect from upcoming World Urban Parks Congresses, like the upcoming Congress in Adelaide? Yeah, so we're very excited. Um, We are going to announce here uh, at this Congress that next year we will be in Adelaide, Australia. And then in 2024, we will be in the Netherlands. And uh, we are going to be in Africa in 2025. We don't know where exactly, but again, a real demonstration for us making our commitment again to be in parts of the world where hopefully our work and professionals are most needed. Now, from your personal and professional experience, what do you think is the biggest benefit a park can provide for the people and the planet? It's a trick question, I know. There's not one single thing. (laughs) Uh, Clearly, sustainability of our environment from a planet perspective. You know, trees reduce carbon. Uh, provide uh, trees and green spaces provide stormwater management that is natural instead of these big concrete boxes, right? We provide for us as humans that those aha moments that sustain us emotionally, socially, physically. I don't even know how to describe it other than say, if I say aha, we all know what that means, don't we? We do, we do. And before we wrap up, I would love to know what advice you would give young professionals that are starting off in the parks profession around the world. Get engaged, get connected. Our organization, there's multiple places to get involved. You can get connected with other professionals in your region of the world. We have regional organizations, that uh, committees that do work. We also have topic-specific committees that work on resiliency, that work on older adults, that work in cemeteries. So if there's a particular area of interest, get engaged, get connected. These personal connections that I have and we all have with each other professionally are the most rewarding and where I've learned the most in terms of the work that I do every day. That's so insightful. Thank you, Jane. So to wrap us up, where can people find more of your work, both at your consultancy and at World Urban Parks, and where can people reach out? So they can reach out to me personally at um, on my email. At, it's J-A-Y-N-E at worldurbanparks.org. Uh, so the work we do at World Urban Parks, you can go to World Urban Parks. Just Google that, and you'll go to our website. Um, and we have interactive. Our If you become a member, there's all these interactive forums that you can get engaged in uh, virtually. We do podcasts. We have congresses. We have regional congresses. We have Perks Week. There's a number of programs and events that you can get engaged with. In terms of me personally, um, you know, I'm very fortunate. I don't advertise for my work. I don't have a website. I am, uh, I suppose my work speaks for itself. But again, if you reach out to me uh, at through Jane at worldurbanparks.org, I'd be happy to connect you with and share with you the work that I do Uh, professionally outside of World Urban Parks as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Great. Thank you so much for having me.
This is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for bearing with the technical difficulties. And I hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Jane as much as I did. Join us next week for another great conversation on the world of play and cities for children. Now, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. I would love to hear more from all of you and learn, you know, what topics you'd like to discuss, what guests you've loved and want to hear more of. I've been reading all of your reviews and they have helped us craft a better show. So keep them coming in. And if you want to get involved and get connected with park professionals from around the world, visit worldurbanparks.org where you can also find all of the programs Jane discussed today. Before we leave, I want to leave you with the following question. Do you know who builds and maintains your favorite park? I want to invite you to reach out to them and learn more about how the magic is made. Thank you for listening to Pod Parks by World Urban Parks. Pod Parks is written and hosted by Alice Landin, produced by Vitoria Martin and Luis Roman. Sound engineering by Vladimir Yanez. Don't forget to visit worldurbanparks.org and explore the resources our online community has for you. Get out. Explore. Connect. <laughs>